running. It's your favorite pastime, Zach. Favorite pastime. Mm -hmm. You know, it is interesting. I remember like, not like when I first started running, like 2014, 2015, that really wasn't running. That was more like I got coerced into a bet, lost the bet, but you used running as the way to maybe win the bet. It didn't happen, which is fine. Um, but I remember when I started running like a little bit harder, uh, more like on a consistent basis, 19, 18, 19, 20, something like that. I was like, I hate this. But like the more you do it and the more like the, I don't know why I started maybe even slightly enjoying it. It's still ridiculous. But I do think I have seen an, an improvement in my, potential positive thoughts towards that thing called running. Right. Do you love running? Today I did not. Uh, oh, cause it's it was hot. Well, it's amazing. Yeah. Well, so like, it's amazing what uh, a 40 degree temperature change will do. Um, but you ran in the heat last week. Yeah. But you know, running in Mexico is, yeah, you just embrace that. Uh, you know, I, I will not complain in running when it's, 78 79 degrees but um yeah I, I i typically love it i i it's just my it's my way i start it every morning i get mentally prepared for my day i uh throw in a podcast try to educate myself on a thing or two and uh get physically fit at the same time so that's just what i do that's that's my thing so podcasts are still like your thing you're 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 good to go on that okay well yeah Congratulations on loving this thing called running. We are delighted today to have Jerry Frostick of JNA Racing, mm. who um, I met, I think officially, I don't know, 2015, 2016, had him on my uh, old TV show, Hampton Roads Business Weekly. We met at a, uh, a pizza shop called Why Not, I believe, in the back room. Did a little talk there. We're going to talk a little mm. longer today. And um, have you guys ever met Tim? And no, 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 no. Oh, I've, uh, I've run many, many JNA races and have many, many stories uh, from the races that I participate in. I probably run in JNA swag every day, close yeah. to it. Yeah. I, okay, I have two funny stories about. God, why do we always start with swag? This is so ridiculous. Okay, like every <laughs> show starts about swag of some sort. My favorite hat of JNA was just a hat that I bought from you guys. I don't think it was associated with an actual thing. I think it was the live. Was it live? What, what's the saying you guys have? Live life run. Live, live life run. run. It was one of those. I was like, I love this. I love this hat. It's awesome. Then I had a puppy, and the dog ate the damn thing. And <laughs> I'm like, mm. also, when you guys were doing your um, your summer thing during COVID, you had this thing where you run a certain amount of miles, and um, you would get a shirt type of thing. I ran that shirt so religiously that I had to throw it away because it became unwearable uh, from a um, from a stench perspective. I think that means I was working hard that year. Um, yeah. Actually, that's what I wore in the 22 Shamrock, I think it was. And uh, I remember right before I looked at the guy next to me and I was like, I don't think I can wear this shirt again. Like, And he was like, yeah, it's pretty bad. And I was like, all right, this is it. Like, But yeah, fun facts about Swag and Zach. There you go. Well, I think it's time you run another race to get a new shirt. I think that's probably fair. Right. <laughs> um, that is well, uh, one of the things that's really, I, I, I'm curious if that is just, if it's, was purposeful, but you always 
no matter the time of the year, there's always another race to sign up for and training for. And anybody that wants to get started into running, that's the first thing I tell them is you have to sign up for a race. You know, you have to have something that you're working towards. Mm -hmm. So is that strategic on your part to always have something to be training for? Or I can't just talking to you a little bit before the show. It, it, there is a business side to it, but it, that can't be the primary driver. I, we all need goals, you know, whether yeah. and I. Again, I think around here we've changed instead of uh, instead of putting on races, um, we prefer putting on events. I think racing sometimes um, it can be intimidating, you know, and hearing Zach talking about uh, do you love running? You know, I, I, that's probably what we try to overcome daily is most people associate running with high school sports. What was the worst part? Of practice and everybody will it's when they blow the whistle it's on the line um it was a punishment you know if you didn't get good grades you have coaches practice where's run um if you didn't play hustle back on defense we run so i think everybody grew up with running is a punishment and it hurts um and it doesn't need to be that way so i i a lot of their events, they're not racist. I think you have your 2% of the people that are looking at their watch and have put in miles and intervals and tempos and watching heart rates. And I support that because I did it for many years. But I think, I think now it's more about moving and setting a goal um, and accomplish, setting a realistic goal and accomplishment and really grabbing some friends to do it with. Um, that's what ha air events have grown because it's more of a, instead of, I have to go run, it's, I get to go move. And so, yes, part of it is, um, scheduling in out air events. Um, we do take a break kind of in the summer, um, from the longer stuff, uh, just because it is hot. You know, I enjoy the heat, but it's not great for it's not great for long distance running. And, and as we talk about how the business part of it, we do a lot with the cities who, especially Virginia beach, who is a great partner. Um, their shoulder season between Memorial day and labor day, hotels are full. So they don't need mm. us to really put a race on um, that off season is when they're would prefer um, I not prefer, they love people coming all the time, but that's when the, the hotels, the restaurants, um, could use a little boost is why we primarily focus on that shoulder season. Why does it seem like races are not, and not even just your races, just historically races are on Sundays. Why is that? Um, again, I think a lot of it is, you know, we started doing a Saturday and Sunday. We're driven by this at partners with the city. If it's a Sunday, more than likely they're coming Saturday night. And for a longer events, um, then they stay Sunday night. So you get an extra night, um, which isn't just hotel rooms, but they're going to eat dinner Saturday night. Then if, if they're staying Sunday, they're going to eat dinner Sunday. It's more about bringing people to our community and, uh, and visiting other and all the things that we have to offer. It's interesting as you say that because I'm looking at it as I don't have an extra day to recover. I got to do something Monday. 
on a Sunday race. Like I remember when I did, I did three Ironmans and two of them I did on a Sunday. One mm-hmm. of them was on a, a Saturday and having that extra day was nice. But then when you got to go back on Monday, it's like, oh, mm-hmm. like this is interesting. You do it from a partnership with the city's perspective, which that makes sense. Right. I always thought it was because it was just easier, less people were on the road on a Sunday. Um, but no. And not, not necessarily. I mean, again, and, you know, Saturdays, there are lots of um, soccer matches. There's a lot of other when I say competition, it's other people have family obligations where church on Sunday, you know, we work very close with the churches on our route. Um, and a lot of them even come out and support. Some of them before I have bigger ones will have a earlier or a later service and then come out and support. So it really is, um, it, it's more what the city is asking us to do. And it, it makes sense. Well, it's really, I mean, there is, there is nothing like a JNA race and I've been fortunate enough to travel all over and participate in different, uh, different races, but there, there, there truly is nothing like it. And anybody that is thinking about it, just, just go and spectate. And, and like that within itself is so motivating because runners come in all different shapes and sizes. And I mean, it's just like you said, it's just getting out there and moving and that, that will inspire you. I'm sure to get out there and run your first mile. A hundred percent, you know, and again, we, when we have events, it's obviously we want to take care of our participants. Um, but we feel that obviously at volunteers, you know, Shamrock is coming up in the less than eight weeks and we will have 1500 volunteers. So they're as important to us as the participants and then the spectators, because a lot of, you know, the, the, the participants bring what the survey say is 2.4 people with them. They need to have a good time. So we kind of break it down into, we need to have something that everybody likes. Um, and we feel a lot of spectators, if see, if they see all the shapes and sizes and, how if that person can do it, wow, I can do it. We, we feel that there is an opportunity to to introduce them to the sport to the sport of moving by watching a race if they have a good time. Something that I noticed in your race, because there are so many people, is the overwhelming amount of just closeness of this. Is there something that someone who isn't used to that that they can do to I don't know, practice or get acquainted? acquainted, whatever the word is, uh, with that process, because I had never run next to so many people for so long. Yeah. Sometimes it was a one or two other people, but it was never, you know, dozens of people mm-hmm. like, it, like the entire route. I did the half of Shamrock, like mm-hmm. literally the entire route. There was always someone next huh. to me. Mm-hmm. I'm always, right? I'm always the guy that's by myself. I got a oh, pack right. ahead of me and a pack behind between. me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I did not have that. I was literally, it was just always someone and it was always a lot of people. Is there something that people can do to get used used to that? I, you know, another big, I think, reason for even our success is uh, like the run club communities in the area. Um, there's, we probably have 30 free run clubs where every night of the week in all parts of Virginia Beach, Norfolk, Chesapeake, Portsmouth, you can go meet up with a group. They're usually at a brewery. It's not a competition thing and I, like I, you get used to running with people you know i think and even tim was when you get caught that's called kind of 
tweening in a race. And back in the day racing, you either got to push to catch that other group or fall back because running by yourself is hard. Um, that again, with a group, it's, it's community and it's camaraderie. And you really, if the miles just fly by because you're talking or even just listening to a conversation, you're not checking off. Oh gosh, that's six miles. I got seven more to go. You're not, it's, it's not, it's that mental mindset where the best races you get on the boardwalk, it's mile 12 and you didn't even realize you've run 12 miles because of the conversations that are around you. And I, you know, and Zach, I think that, you know, we encourage people to meet other people because there are a lot of like you don't in a heaven here and you, you know, I don't love running and I'm getting into it. But there are a lot of people that that share your view. And if you have a conversation with someone that you don't even know, um, it's amazing the inspiration that you could offer without even thinking that you're the right. inspiration to running. But I, you know, I know that you talked earlier about doing a, a 50K and doing it for some some loved ones. Um, you don't know how many people are going through that. And in a, in a race, just talking with someone and telling your story, they might be going through the same thing or they might be thinking of doing something along those lines. And it's, you know what, it's just a, it's such a positive community of runners, walkers, fitness enthusiasts that, I, again, I, I think with the whole COVID thing, there was so much negativity, I think, in the in the world. And I don't think you find that in the running community. Um, and our mission is to enlarge that so we spread more positivity and kind of put the negative stuff. Not, not, it's, it's always going to be there. But yeah. it's up to you to depend on what you're going to focus on. You can look that way. Or you can look at the positive. And again, I think everybody can inspire somebody without even trying to do it. Yeah, I jokingly was saying that about running. Like, I definitely have started liking it a lot more. Like, and and it's, but I do, I do think there is the punishment aspect of it. It's like doing things that suck. There is things, there's really positives to that. And I think it's interesting. So I was doing a lot of triathlons, You like, when I was actually getting the most out of my brain, it was during running, not swimming or or biking, mm -hmm. which is interesting. Mm -hmm. And biking is where the majority of the time is spent, I think like mm -hmm. 60%. But running is where, I don't know why, but I can actually like think of some concept. Like yesterday, I was like, oh, that's a really good idea. Let me hopefully say that like 10 times in your head so that when you get home, you can remember it. And it took me like three hours to remember it by the time I got home. But like, then you write it down. But like, that's where I would get those things. And to me, that aspect of running is really powerful where I don't get that necessarily by just walking my dog in some of the other, you know, I don't get that from lifting yeah. the weights and stuff like that. And so yeah. that mind hack, if you will, is, is very powerful. And I, and I, I guarantee Tim has the same. Has the same. Yeah. I mean, I know for me 10 times out of 10, if I'm irritated about something before I go for a run, by the time I come back, I've, I don't even remember what was on my mind when I started mm -hmm. the run. Mm -hmm. I just, You're I, right. It's, it, it's amazing. If I miss a couple of days, Amy will almost lock the door and kick me out. Oh, to make me go for a run She's because the things that I'm stressed about really aren't that worth stressing about. And right. A, right. after a, a run, it's all good. Um, and, and we use it the same way as you. It's amazing. The ideas, the concepts, the, 
the thoughts that you have when you're running. But again, that's why I think a group helps because, you know, I think, and we stole it from Las Vegas where what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Well, what you say on a run stays on a run. So if you have a, a fun group that you run with, some of the conversations, uh, it's almost, you got to be sworn to secrecy, but it's therapeutic as well. Um, so yeah, there's so many benefits to it. Well, JNA Confessions coming up tonight. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh gosh, yeah, it's I can only imagine some of the stories that you have heard throughout the course of uh, operating JNA racing. I mean, I know I have friends that we met after the wicked and now they're married and have two kids. Uh I mean, I just wow. I'm sure yeah, and I'm sure that there's got to be plenty of it, stories it's uh, amazing. like that. It's it's incredible. And I think that's really what drives us. I know when COVID hit, you know, we Shamrock was was really the first major event because um, it was, you know, March, I, th- I think 11th is when we got the um, state of emergency to shut it down. And obviously it was a huge punch in the gut and and nobody knew what was going on. And I think Amy really had the hardest time and talking through it, her biggest worry was all these people that had set these goals um, that weren't going to be able to fulfill it and to go and to go through it and, and to hear these stories because the stories we hear and the reasons why people are doing it and the tattoos that people have of a shamrock, you know, we've got a wedding, this year we have, a, uh, there's so many just really heartwarming stories more than, you know, I broke three hours for the marathon for the first time or I qualified for Boston. That's great. But the stories that we hear that are heartfelt um, are really what kind of drives us. It's interesting you say that. I, I feel like that happened with me in March it was a March one, March two. Tim and I did the one city in in Newport News of, of mm-hmm. 2020. Then I was rolling into doing uh, the Eagle Man and Iron Man in May, I think mm-hmm. June or something like that. And so training had started. I'd been do- I'd done the training block for the run. Then we're into the the Iron Man training block. It's like two weeks into it, and then you know, boom, can't do anything basically. So they can't. So they get rid of my pool. That's fine. But I still stuck with it. But mm-hmm. I remember when they they didn't cancel until like eight weeks before and i remember at that point like going through it sounds similar things to what what amy who's your wife um who i don't know if we've said that yet um is going through it's like that was that was like a legit thing where it's like i was pissed off mm-hmm. and i think a lot of people were like well i don't know what to do next mm-hmm. and i remember i was doing it with my buddy eric olson at the time mm-hmm. and he was like we're just going to keep doing this and then we get through and then they get to like, uh, I don't know, middle of August and they've canceled it again. And so mm-hmm. we've done 28, 20 you know, weeks of training. And it's like, <laughs> what are we supposed to do here? Mm-hmm. And the pool had open at that point. We're doing really like 10, 11, 12 week long or 12 hour weeks of, of training. And it's like, oh my gosh, this thing that I've said at the end of the rainbow, I can't go a- accomplish. And so it's figuring that out. We we ended up doing a DIY uh, race and, and, and figuring out how to do that. But a lot of people, like I I, I totally grasped that you do concept that race, of like putting, 
the same place I did uh, the the 50k. I don't know why do you guys hate the Great Dismal Swamp so much? Like we had a pool, we we swim at the pool at the YMCA, and then I was I was the uh, race director of the race, so I had to figure out how to get over there. By the way, uh, the the bike race is supposed to be 56 miles. I'm an idiot, and I as course director only figured out how to do it for 54 miles, even though I thought it was 56 miles. So yes i'm a moron but um i don't know i don't know why i like that course but uh i do but yes that having that thing at the end of the rainbow i don't know why it's so important but once you get into the zone of that like it becomes such a necessity and when it went away and then every you know everything with covid was stay inside when it should have been get outside Mm -hmm. you know and so like I don't know what do they say the COVID twenty nine is people were gaining a bunch of weight like I want the opposite of that like it's just so wild to me that like that thing screwed up so much and it's I don't know it's painful and and yeah. I, I get that you guys went through that and it obviously painful for you guys just like I don't know how I just decided to get through that maybe it was because of someone like a Tim or an Eric just pushed me through and, and those things but like. That end of the rainbow is very important. No question. It. I don't know how you get out of it. I, I don't know why that goal is is so important, but I don't know where I'm going with this. But I, it's it was a wild time. Yep, yep. That it was a it was a really crazy time, and you know there was so much when nobody knew. I mean, nobody yeah. knew anything. Um, and I kind of look back where I'm not sure it didn't help us. Where. Um, you know, we kind of, I mean, we're a small business, you know, we have nine employees um, and nobody knew what we could ever be able to put on a race again. I mean, it was, mm. no, nobody knew anything. And Amy and I made the decision, you know, we're going to keep employees because they've got families um, and we need to do something. We're going to get through it. Um, we have a, an Airstream trailer and right probably April of 2020 when you couldn't even, uh, you couldn't go to the grocery store and have to, I mean, it was, you couldn't do anything. We went across, we drove, we have two Labradors. We went across the country where in the camper with there, we have daughters that are in Colorado and one in Jackson hole and it took four and a half weeks. This was the time we were talking to the governor's office daily Um because then the rules started coming and you could do this, but you couldn't do that. And so we were trying to see what we could do. And it kind of opened our eyes that we're, we're so blessed. Um, Air health is fine. My children's health is fine. This country was gorgeous. Um, That it kind of recharged us. And we came back thinking, all right, we're sick of focusing on what we can't do. You can't do that. You can't do that. And you can only do that. And we decided, what can we do? Because through this time, people need, like you said, they need a rainbow. They need something. So we, as a staff, came up with silly challenges. Um, We always have a charity component in it. We try to stay as normal as possible. We laugh and say we turn into a mail ordering company because we were boxing swag. Um, but sometimes that swag, that shirt, the hat, it is that rainbow. Um, and we were just coming up with different challenges and trying to, we, we did a lot of videos, a lot of training just to 
promote positivity while the rest of while we're figuring out what we can do. Um, and I think people appreciated that. I know it it recharged us to try to be better instead of because because we felt like people need we need I'm a big positivity. Um, and and that's what we really through COVID tried to present. And I, I think we've kept that momentum on the backside of it. And I, I do. I think people know that as a small business, we went through a lot. And they appreciated that instead of folding in and giving up, that we tried to continue to motivate all of us together. Because I need it. You know, we talked to him. I, I start my day that I love running. Not every first mile. And not I don't every morning wake up and say, yeah, I can't wait to go run when it's 30 degrees outside. Right. Or seven. But I know that when I get through that, as I get older, there's some things that ache that used to didn't ache. But after that first mile, I've never finished a run and say, man, I wish I wouldn't have done that. Right. 100%. Um, so, again, I think. I think the two ways you can look at everything and and we choose to try to look at the positive side of it. Tim, I don't know if you ever, um, if if you ever did any of those, um, the mail order stuff that they were saying, but what there was a sticker on these bags that would say like, don't open this until you do what you were supposed to do, which I actually was one of those people. I left it there. I think I had 40 miles left. I don't know how many people did that, but like, to me, I was like, I can't open this until this, because I've said I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. And that just, you know, in this case, that was the rainbow. And so that was a powerful thing just to piggyback, even just something as silly as a little sticker was, was, was viable in there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good. I'm glad that you, you listened and, and that was, (laughs) that's what we wanted. And we tried to make it fun um, and different. And we, Tried to let, we were going through it too. I didn't open it, that sticker until I completed it as well. So, I mean, I think, you know, we tried to have like, like Facebook where you could talk to each other going through it. We have a challenge now. It's the winter solstice challenge where, you know, it started in December and it's 89 days till Shamrock. And you can commit to either doing 89 miles 189 miles, 289 miles, or 389 miles in that 89-day period. And walking the dog counts, it's moving. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's amazing what air social, it's amazing the camaraderie that people from all over the country are sharing and helping each other. I mean, I, I'm telling you, it helps me when I see you know this what they're doing in New York and they got out and it was four degrees and six inches of snow and they had to walk three miles in the snow because it was slippery. And I'm complaining because it was 42 degrees and it was going to rain. Uh, you know, I need How to carry you if they could do it. I'm getting out there, but sometimes that's just a little push you need. Yep. Um, and then to be able to say, thank you for doing that. I did it. I'm not sure that by me saying it didn't help somebody else that was going through the same thing. So it's all about togetherness and we're all in it together. I mean, whether we're running hard or, or just moving, uh, we're, we're all in it together and we can all accomplish the same things. I'm curious uh, what your take is on 
regional branding because you do five races in Virginia Beach and three in Norfolk and one in Hampton. Do you treat those individually or do you uh, brand the region as a whole? Uh, what, what's your take yeah. on that? And that's a, a great question and one that we don't. So this is our 23rd year that we've been doing it. And we still don't have all the answers. We don't, <laughs> we don't claim to know it all. We claim to care. Um, right. You know, I think we love this area and we get approached all the time about putting on events in other areas. Um, and it's just, I'm not passionate about them. So mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I think air events, and I appreciate you saying, you know, Tim, that you've traveled around and, and, and air events are different. And we hear that. And I think that that's one of the things I'm most proud of. I want to be different. Um, I want people to think that was a great race, but it's not a JNA race. Um, and I think the reason that, that air events have that feel is because we care so much. And not just Amy and I and our staff, but we have a key core of committee that are probably 50 people that work their tail off. Again, Shamrock has almost 2000 volunteers. They care. And we try to, we talk to them all because they, they're their representatives. I mean, I, we can't be everywhere. Um, so I, I think the, you know, it, it, treating each one different um, marketing wise, we do. I think, I think more people are familiar with Shamrock than JNA Racing. Well, um, Shamrock was named what the most family friendly race in Runner's it, World. It, they they named it the most family friendly race, which I'm very proud of. They obviously didn't go into that Big Ten because there's some archery <laughs> yeah. going on in that. The Ten is so much fun. Oh yeah, but I'm not sure it's family friendly. Um, I think you know the the, the family part. You know, if we have almost 5,000 kids doing their final mile, which is, it's an amazing, if you haven't seen it, um, it's an, on Saturday after the 8K at 11 o'clock. And we start them off in groups of 700, 800 every 10 minutes. And the start of that race with 5,000 kids, it's actually the second largest one mile race in the country, not just kids race. Mm. They, um, uh, Fifth Avenue mile in New York, it's a pro race and they get 6,500 or whatever. Um, it's the only one mile race that's bigger. And the start of this race is, it's my favorite part of the weekend. You just 5,000 kids screaming. Um, the joke is the finish of that is my least favorite part of the weekend because <laughs> it's reuniting 5,000 kids with parents who don't necessarily read the emails of how they're supposed to do this. Um, but it's, it's, again, I, I think that's one of the things we're most proud of is their youth is, is, is teaching the kids that running doesn't have to be this punishment that it was when we were growing up, you know, part of air, it's the operation smile final mile. And years ago, probably, uh, five or six years ago, we saw a lot of schools that weren't participating in Virginia Beach. And Amy really started this, I think, in 2008 um, when youth obesity was the term. And it just quite honestly pissed her off that kids were looking at 
screens and not moving. So we went to all the principals and said, let's do this. And we're not awarding. It's not who's the fastest. It's whichever schools has the most participants wins cash to build playground equipment, whatever. Um, and it took off. And then we saw these schools that weren't participating. We went to the schools and they're the Title I schools, which Title I are schools that have 50% or more that are on free or reduced lunches. So they're, they're kids that are, that are struggling a little bit financially. And, you know, so we said, well, we can't have that. And the idea was, you know, that a $20 entry fee is a lot to families that, that are working to make ends meet. So the, the idea was we'll do two schools each year that we'll pay for and we'll get them transportation free entries and let them go. And next year we'll try two new schools well, after the first year, these schools, they'd never been in the oceanfront. And they, it, like, it was the greatest thing they had done. So that we were like, well, we can't not have them come back. So we said, all right, we'll take two more schools and two more, two more, two more. Um, then it got to be in where it's good for our staff is we go run with them or skip with them or hop with them. It's just, it's hilarious. It's, it's amazing. Um, during one of these runs, Amy was running with a, a little little boy who just loved running. He was a little overweight, but he just loved running. And he was, uh, I saw him holding her, Amy's hand walking. And apparently the story is he, um, he lived with his grandma cause he saw his mom get shot and he's got three brothers and his shoes, his feet were hurting. That's why I was walking because he was in his little brother's shoes. And we saw all these shoes and they, they don't fit. So, Four years ago, we started with these schools. We give 50 entries and transportation that we started buying them shoes, um, which like first I thought this little boy was coming home with us because Amy was not going to let him go. Um, but so now we partner when we have some community partners, um, but we're fitting 750 kids with free shoes. Run, et cetera, goes out with us and, we we professionally fit them and they get running shoes, a free entry. We bust them down there and they start in their first corral. So all these kids have new shoes. We give them socks and backpacks. And and it's it's that type of it's that type of thing that we've been able to do with running as the platform. Like I'm not sure when we started this that I even thought of their kids that live two miles from the ocean front that can't afford shoes that came to a race. But through running the platform of running, we have been it's open doors for us to be able to make a huge difference. I mean these kids can't even they ask, can we keep the box? You know, and it's like, yeah, they're your shoes. Um so it's it's been a it's been an incredible journey. Um and I think, it, again, it goes back to your question with we just love this area. And I think in Hampton Roads, I don't know that we would be as good putting on an event in Greenville, South Carolina, which is a great area, because I'm not as passionate about Greenville as I am about Hampton Roads. That was powerful. Tim, mute. I get so caught up in like the after party, you know, that to hear that side of it, uh, you know, that's super, super touching. And mm -hmm. I mean, just leaving a 
lifelong impact on so many people is awesome. And not to mention the hundreds of thousands of people that had a reason to come to Virginia beach. I mean, mm -hmm. wow, that is uh, I, uh, that's that you deserve so much recognition for that oh. alone. I saw the room the other day of all the shoes. I guess yeah. they had just come in. Yeah. I was like, damn, that is a crap ton of shoes. And so <laughs> like, and I, and I, and I wondered, and then, so now to hear that story, I'm like, wow, that's, that's pretty hey. powerful. So that's, that was, that was really hey. nice to hear. What year was, um, was she so walking, we, was Amy walking with the guy, the kid? So this is 2023. It was right before COVID. So it was either 18 or 19 that we started doing the shoes. Um, okay. We started doing the entries in transportation probably in, in 2012 maybe, okay. but it's just been, and it's just grown where, you know, again, and, and I think y'all have, if y'all have seen me, I get a little worked up race weekend and, and there are times when we started this, that um, we've gotten the shoes in earlier. Now it used to be, we'd get them in two weeks before and I'm watching every weather report because it's amazing. Mm. There's so many weather reports out there that if you look hard enough, you can find one that says it's going to be 55 degrees, no <laughs> wind. Um, and so I'm just stressing about silly things. And we were going to deliver shoes. And I, I was like, I can't go. I got weather to worry about. And, you know, Amy came and unplugged my computer and said, come on, you're coming. And it was the best thing she ever did um, because th that's what we need to do. That that makes it, I don't care. I mean, if the weather's bad, it's going to, I'm running bad weather. Um, oh, yeah. So again, I think that we need to, and what I, when I say struggle, what I work on is looking at the good things that come out of it that we do and the things that I can't control, not stress them as much. So what is the perfect weather for running? Uh, you know, for, for me, it would be, you know, probably 40, 45 at the start, maybe getting up to 55. Um, I like sunshine. Um, I think a lot of elite runners would probably prefer a cloud cover, but a good 55, 58 degree day, light winds, which, you know, Shamrock, we, we typically have good weather. You have some winds. Um, the way that the, especially the you half. You get a nice is, tailwind. You get you a nice tailwind well, going. That, that half is a fast course because oh, it's, yeah. it is a, it's a, normally it's a, it's a north wind, which going up Atlantic through Shore Drive, um, there's so many people, there's trees, the houses, you don't feel it as much. And then it does push you home. The, the fall to me, the, the, you know, I think it's another because I've done a lot of, of coaching that I'm like, I feel like I can coach you for any event. But for Shamrock, I know this course. Um, and to me, Shamrock, the hardest part is coming back over the Rudy Bridge. It's about 22 and a half, um, 23. And you get back on the boardwalk and that's where you hit a north wind. Now, it's only a mile, but you've done the marathon at mile 22. Even if you're downhill, mile 22 is to me one of the hardest mental stages yeah. of the race. And then add that into a headwind. 
And usually in the marathon, you're not surrounded by hundreds of people. To, right. to me, that's your, that's your race. 22 and a half to 24 when you get off that boardwalk. I would run to that point and then mentally you got it. Don't count the streets. Look uh, at the that was that was the first mistake I made. I started counting yep. down the street numbers. And, uh, yep. And it's God, they seem like they get longer and longer. And it's more get me off this boardwalk, put my head down <laughs> and get through. I mean, y'all have done it. It's a mental game. And you know, I, I think what helps is if by living here, you should train it. You, know, yeah. you should run north on that boardwalk and come across that Rudy Bridge and visualize it. Um, another part of it that I have people run is getting on at 37th Street and run mm -hmm. into King Neptune, where when you get on at 37th, yeah, I'm home. Oh, yeah. It's still seven blocks. And I've seen so many people that pick it up and start their kick at 37th and at 34th, <laughs> They're done. Um, and we can't move the finish to 34th. So I think if you, I'm just a big visualizer. And if you run 37th to King Neptune over and over and over again, when it comes on race day, you know exactly how you should feel. And when, if you have a kick, you should bring it in. Yep. Um, I feel like I had that at 40th Street. That's great. That's what it is. Yep. So a lot of people no Tim, you can go. No, no, no. I was one of the things that I smile about, so as pertaining to the wicked 10K is I love the fact like Corel one, you got all the, the people <laughs> looking at their watches, and by the time you get to the Corels in the back, the costumes are so creative. I just I love that aspect of it. I mean, that is it is such That's a the one fun... where you dress up because it's Halloween. Uh, yeah, it, it's amazing. And again, another. Um, so Shamrock was their first one, um, and the city started seeing that. That wow, I mean, their hotel rooms are full. You know, it actually, which a lot of people don't know, is Shamrock. The last two or three years has generated uh, twenty-two and a half plus million dollar economic impact to the city of Virginia beach. That's the same that something in the water did, you know, and every, and something water is a great festival. Um, but you hear about that over and over and it's the same economic impact as what Shamrock did, does. So, you know, they city said, what else can y'all do in this off season? And Amy and her wisdom's like, let's put on a race of Halloween where people dress up. And this is probably 15 years ago, and I was still running fairly competitively. And I'm like, that's got to be the stupidest idea <laughs> I've ever heard. Nobody's going to wear a costume and run. And now that's probably our second largest event. And it, it our races are kind of like your children, and you're not supposed to have a favorite. But Wicked is one that I just laugh. The creativity of these oh, it's crazy. costumes are out of control. And we actually had a cross country runner came and was in that first corral back in the early day. And he crossed the finish line and we talked to him afterwards, a great kid, great runner. And he goes, this is the first race I've ever run that I've won and got booed because I didn't have a costume <laughs> on. Um, so I love the whole, I think that to me, wicked is, is probably signifies what I think JNA running needs to be fun. And yeah, and wicked, wicked is is fun. Um, 
I think the most creative costume that I saw uh, was I, it was three or four people all dressed up as the uh, the slinky dog from Toy Story. So yeah. they all, I mean, they're all. You had to run in tandem like that. I mean, it's just it's just bananas. It, that was a great ten k, of ten k, and we added a five k two years ago because some because the rule is you have to run in costume, and some of these costumes were getting so crazy that they they couldn't complete six months, which is a long way. So we have a five k and a ten k now, and you have to run in it. Um, we there was one, and there's so many. One of them was a group four couples of a barrel of monkeys and these guys would come together and form the barrel and then they'd separate and their four girlfriends or wives were the monkeys that would come running out. So then they would get back together and they'd have to run. It's, it's amazing. I tell the story that, cause I get, I, I get worked up race day and at wicked one year I was on, a road and something was going on and I had this look, I guess. And someone that was dressed up as Richard Simmons came running by. And I guess he could see that I had a walkie talkie and was doing this. And he turned and stopped and was like, work with me, work with me, people. Come on. One, two. And it just kind of cracked me up that I needed, I think I needed to realize, you know what, this is, it's going to work. It's all good. Um, so I do. I, Wicked has got to be one Are of my Are you sure it favorite. wasn't the real Richard Simmons? I, I'm not. Real. I swear they looked just like it, and he did a great job. Um, so it could have been. I think the most embarrassing moment for me, <clears throat> I was running the the Blue Ridge Marathon, and uh, I was passed by someone that ran the whole marathon juggling. And I was like, well, that's humiliating. But – as we know, there's not places to train to run the, the, the Blue Ridge Marathon around here. So, And that guy's a really good runner. Um, <laughs> I know at Philadelphia, I got passed by the guy with a pink tutu on. <laughs> and I worked my way back up and I was at coming towards the finish and I was catching him. And then my thought went to, I'm 50 yards from the finish. And I'm like, I don't want my finish picture. <laughs> to be with a guy with a pink tutu on it. So I either need to really push it or fall back and let him come in. So it's amazing what some of these. Uh, some I, of these I'm impressed that you be. had the wherewithal to think about oh. the pitcher. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, well, you know, I, we, we haven't heard this. Did you fall back or did you go in front? I mean, what? I pushed. Yeah. This was years ago when I was running hard. But I. Right. Was so he I, in the pitcher? I, nope. Well, I think I've bared left too to make okay. sure that he wasn't. <laughs> All right. But I do when I, I I do quite a few like race director talks, and one of the key things that I tell people is when they finish, to be aware that there's because I actually called Marathon Photo is a, the group that does all these for for all the Ironmans and and most of the big races, and every year my picture finishing would be me looking at my watch, yeah, and I I called them the company. I mean this is twenty five years ago. I'm like. Your photographers need to be more aware. And their answer was, well, don't stop your watch right then. Uh, so I tell, I think a big part of it is, and back to 37th Street, is think about your finish. And you don't want to push so hard at 37th that you come across looking like death, <laughs> that it would be better to hold back a little bit and come back finishing strong 
because that's the picture you're going to get. So for all the I always you... forget. I always forget to stop the watch. Like well, it's usually, I bet like, your pictures are good, though. You yeah, because I'm, I'm a diva and I'm thinking about it beforehand. <laughs> I'm like, yo, what am I going to do? You know, it's going to be obnoxious. But you you don't need that clock. I mean, I don't know. It's it's at that point. It's 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 ridiculous. Well, that, um, it's I, an, it is amazing how what well, you mentioned clock. What the difference again just changes with the industry is you know we used to have a clock at obviously the start five k ten k, but really now we have we have twelve waves at Shamrock that right. start two to two and a half minutes apart. So that yeah. clock is really only relative for the first wave, right? Um, and anybody that's tried to do marathon math, you know, it sounds simple that if I start four minutes behind, I can figure it out on that clock in marathon math, something's going to, something's going to go wrong and you can't figure it out. So the clock isn't as important, um, cause then everybody's wearing a timepiece now and it's yeah. more uh, to me and it's more about your own race anyway, than what a big clock is saying. Have you, have you seen that there is some sort of influx of running over the years as but what made me think of this question is just like the amount of running content on like YouTube where you might have some people that are professional, semi-professionals or just, you know, of, of influence of anything like that it is what are your just general thoughts on kind of influential running content or the influx of, 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 of runners over the years? Ha, ha, has that continued to happen? Like where? Which... I think I think it's blowing up, and I think it's very positive because I don't think it's as much the elite runners. I think your training principles really haven't altered that much. I think it's the influences are. I'm a mom with three kids and a full time job. How do I manage to do a marathon and take care of the kids? I'm overcoming weight loss, or I'm trying to lose weight, or I think the influences are real are real people that that normal people can relate to more than back in my day you know it was okay if you run 100 miles a month you know you need to do your speed work on Tuesdays you got to do your tempo where your heart rates at 85 percent of max and it, it was more race performance oriented I think what we've seen really the the influx is the everyday moving stories and helping people get through, get through life through moving. Um, does that make sense? Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> I'm curious. You have one shot to, to, we've talked a lot about how great the races are. You have one shot to make that first impression. You want them to come back and bring people for the next race. Who's the project manager? How many project managers do you have? I mean, that's that is a lot of coordination from the expo to the race with police. I mean, it's it's amazing. It it's pretty it's pretty crazy. Um, where there are not many organizations like us that own air events. There are a lot of larger events that are owned by huge corporations that contract out a race director, contract out a marketing firm, contract out a expo provider, contract out coning. Um, we do it all. And and I like it that way. Amy 
I, I, she says I'm a little control freak, but and and maybe I am, but their names on it. I mean, everybody, you know, when and I and Tim, thank you for wearing the shirts when you're out there. But it's got Jerry and Amy written on it. Um, so we take every little detail and probably way overanalyze it. But the thought, like our metal, we have a thing. Well, do you like it? Yeah, I like it. Well, do you love it? Well, I mean, it's a metal. I don't love Then it's not right. And we try to do that with everything. Um, again, so it's, you know, Amy used to teach an events management class at Old Dominion, mm. which was great because we could, we'd get, all of her students, their project was to volunteer at Shamrock. Um, so they had to show up because the professor made them. And then they would write a report on their experience. And the most fun was reading these reports. And their favorite one was a young lady that said Hollywood promotes event planning so glamorous. Um, after this weekend, I've decided to change majors because um, I don't want to do that anymore. And so it's a it's a lot. Um, yeah. And I think people don't realize the working with the city, with the police, you know, with the traffic, with the beach ops, uh, with putting the tents up and, you know, kind of air structure is, I say Amy does kind of the smart stuff with the marketing and the accounting and the inside. I have an outside team that is more logistics and working with the city and making sure the course is set up. And so it's kind of, we say, y'all get them here and we'll show them a good time. Um, but with a, a team this small, we do everything. You know, mm. I, again, I think it's, we got last year, even we had a big picture of porta potties. They, I was going to say, I would bench, venture to bet the number one complaint is always not enough porta potties. Well, and then through a marathon, like so the picture was, Amy found out that toilet paper was low. So, Amy and I were there and we grabbed boxes and we're in at 1.30 in the afternoon and <laughs> y'all have done races. Porta potties are never good. At 1.30 in the afternoon, they're really not good. <sighs> but, <sighs> but, it's, but Amy and I went into 87 of them and we're putting these mm, toilet papers. Somebody took a picture and was like, what are y'all doing? doing that don't y'all have some someone's got to do it and it needed to be done and we were right there so i think i think that's helped us we're very hands-on and and want to be hands-on i would prefer not to have to put toilet paper in at 1 30 <laughs> in the afternoon but i think through the years our team and our volunteers i've seen amy and i um where it's not go do this it's hey can you come help me do this and i and i think that that's the approach that our whole team takes. And I think that makes a difference. Yeah. yeah I remember um, back in the day, I, th I think that you guys were the first people to go to technical tees back in the day. And right. that, that was a big deal. That's I'm huge. Sure. Huge. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. And swag is important. I mean, we, you know, I've had groups, races call, and this was back when rock and roll was doing a event in at the beach. Um, and our events were growing and theirs was kind of declining. And the guy called and said, you don't need to give four beers and a hat and a towel to all your runners. You know, that's costing you too much money. And I was like, why are you, 
why are you telling me yeah. how to run my business? This is, we want to do that. Um, yep. You know, so I, I think, again, I think we do try to go overboard because we love it. And, and I think it helps. We're runners that we, we try to put on an event like I would want to do um, as a runner, as opposed to necessarily a business owner that, all right, this is what I have to do to put on this event. And I think it makes a difference. For, for the fi past five years, we've been talking about swag. You just articulated everything that we've like preached for so long, so well. It's like, this is my brand. People are going <laughs> to wear this. This is very important. If it sucks, no one's going to do whatever we want them to do yeah. with it. So <clears throat> do it right and good things will happen with it. And that, and that's so incredibly it, important. Well, you, you always over deliver too, which is great. I mean, like when you go through the finish line and you, you didn't expect the hat. Uh, yeah. I mean, like yeah. I still wear the, the winter skull cap from the wicked, yeah. like forever ago. And uh, I mean, that's just my go-to hat yeah. that I wear. You, you always over deliver and it's awesome. Well, then you, again, you mentioned like, I'm a hat nerd. So air hats, it wasn't just getting a hat. Like I love a good running hat and yep. we go through, I mean, we drive our producers crazy because no, it's the brim's too long. I don't like that long brim or it doesn't fit right. I like the, I mean, you need to think about it this year for the towels because the towels I think fit with their theme. Um, people, we put a pouch like just on the other side. It's pretty cool where you can hang it on your beach chair or even mm. better, you can put it over your seat cover. So in the, or your car. Oh, so nice. in that 80 degrees summer day, you've got this to keep your seats clean and to keep them not as hot when you sit on them. And it's a shamrock towel. Um, so, so it, it's marketing. I mean, I think everything that has air brand on it, needs to be where people want to use it or I don't want my name on it. I mean, it's not. Well, even the, the surf and Santa race tees this year, or I guess last year were super cool. I mean, that, we, uh, yeah, I mean, they're. Yeah. It's, we take a lot of time and we don't hit it right all the time. We, again, we, we don't claim to do it right. And we make mistakes every year. I am proud that we don't usually make the same mistake again, but you know, the biggest thing we do is after every event, we really beat ourselves up and have a lessons learned. And mm -hmm. it's not most of them. We've been very fortunate. They've been very successful and everybody has a great time. And some of the things that we see runners don't see, but it's ways to get better. And I think that's another thing that companies don't do as well is they, they rest on their success and right. I, you know, we're only successful as at last event. And again, we, we can always get better. And I would rather focus on the things, you know, you mentioned not enough porta potties. I will never have enough, but no, there are times, but there are times that we do a survey and we welcome constructive criticism. And years ago we had six porta potties at every water stop, which is pretty good. And we saw in the survey, numerous people were saying that they had a longer wait. So now we put eight out there. I mean, I think you can learn from surveys. Now, if they don't like the colored green of the shirt, um, 
there's some things we've learned which they're right. We can help that. We can make this better. As Shamrock Marathon course, um, now we separate in the you do the the half and the full go together and the marathon goes south. We had comments saying that it got more lonely out there. You know, and I agree. So we've really beefed up this year. We've got so much entertainment down there, but it's because of we don't claim to we yeah. want people telling us what can we do better that that doesn't hurt my feelings. Um, <clears throat> that's the only way I can hear. Yeah. I mean, some of the most successful brands and companies out there, I mean, are the ones that are obsessive about their product and service and it, you have that same it, obsessiveness and it's, it shows. Yeah, I like that better than being a control freak. So I'm going to tell Amy, <laughs> I'm not a control. It's just, I'm obsessive. There you go. So you're well, you're welcome for that. Yeah, thank Keep you, up, Tim. Tim. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I just have a general quick question. Like naming rights to events is something that I think can be very powerful. You get the exclusivity of someone's brand on that, doing that. It, it, when you're exploring that with companies, is that an easy conversation to go in with? How, how have you guys been able to do that? Um, you know, I, I, I've seen several different brands be a, attached to your um, to your events. Just yeah. generally, how does that go? Yeah, you know, and I think that that's very important because um, the brands need to to fit. Um, I, you know, we even like the the story with Yingling. You know, Yingling has been our title sponsor for eighteen years, and when we first started, um, it was Killian's Irish Red. Mm, that's right, and they're a distributor thought that that was a good fit because it's Irish. Um, and he came, the president came to the event. And then week after he called us in his office, he goes, I've got a better brand. Um, he goes, I thought it was going to be, there was a couple kegs in the corner and people would be sipping beer. He goes, that's a fly, that's an all out party out there. Here's a new <laughs> brand that's kind of, bigger up and coming it's craft brews again 18 years ago and he said it's yingling it's the oldest brewery in, in america you know and that killian's irish red shamrock sound like it fit and we were at the time yingling shamrock i don't how does that fit but with the oldest brewery in america shamrock is one of the oldest continuously run marathons they're family owned we're family owned getting to know them yingling's a perfect brand for us that now sometimes they don't call it shamrock. It's more the yingling race in March. So I, I think we, we're very particular. I mean, and we've been fortunate that it's not picking and choosing, but not just with the naming rights, but with all of their yeah. partners um, that we have walked away from some potential financial gains because it just isn't that right fit. And to us, it's everything. You know, you mentioned it. It's it's from the minute you register to you get the survey. It's all the communication. Um, it's all of their brand. It's all of their partners. And we've got to be as passionate about our partners because they're with us. They're part of this team. And if we're not, I think we're very, we've gotten more comfortable saying for this event, this is not the right fit and we're not the right fit for everybody and and that's fine that's not good or bad it's nothing against their brand or my brand 
we just i'm very protective of of my team and i want everybody on that same page have to be well terry thanks for all that you do for the kids and the community and inspiring runners uh in the in the uh, you do so much for the community and you really need to be recognized for that and i encourage everybody to go out there register volunteer get involved somehow but thank you so much well thanks for having me and again thank you all for being part of this community i think we're doing it together and i I, i'm i'm fortunate that running in this platform if if we get a chance to lead it then i want to make sure that we lead it the right way but i it's a whole community group that that we're part of so thank you all for having me yeah thank you all right take care